Hello, welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew Farhat. I am here with the principal of St. John's School here in Denver, Colorado, right across the street from Wash Park. Welcome, Phil Barnard. Thanks, Andrew. It's good to be here. It's awesome to have Phil here uh, with me. And uh, we are really blessed at our school to have a, he, this is his first year leading our school. And we're just already seeing just a quality education, educational philosophy, teaching staff, curriculum, just a real awesome culture here. Um, so if you want to ever pay us a visit, you can do so and, and check out our website. It's sjdenverschool.org. Love, love to show you a tour. Um, and then in addition, Phil is here to answer this question as we tackle some really hard questions. And this is definitely <laughs> one of them, don't you think, Phil? Yeah, they all are. Yeah, they all are. So the question today is, how do I know that God really cares about me? And this is certainly uh, very relevant. And uh, Phil, what makes you believe that this is a relevant question today? Well, this is a question that a lot of people are asking, and I think for good reason. Uh, New York Times did an article in 2015 on the most Googled questions about God. Uh, not surprisingly, number one was who created God, which is one that lots of people ask. My, my children ask that many times. Uh, number two was God, why does God allow suffering? which again is a question that is important, and we've looked at that before as well in podcasts. Uh, number three was struck me a little bit. Number three was, why does God hate me? Wow. Um, and that, to me, tells us that there's a society, there's a, a generation out there of people who, who don't feel God's care for them and are mm -hmm. questioning whether or not He does care um, mm -hmm. for hundreds of thousands of people to, to Google that, to find that answer yeah. um, is, is sad. It's very telling. Yeah, so clearly this is a relevant question. It's a, it's a very relevant question, and it's a fair question. And it's ask. fair. Yeah. It's fair, and I think the number one reason why we'd say it's fair is because there's suffering. Yeah. We suffer while we live on this earth, so then the question is, okay, why is this happening? Why is God allowing that? Yeah. Yeah. Life is tough. Life doesn't go the way we think it is. And sometimes it feels like the cards are stacked against us. And we, mm -hmm. we've all had those days where one thing goes wrong after another and after another after another. And we go, God, if you are there and if you care for me, mm -hmm. why is this happening? Right. So um, with that said, we have covered on this podcast the problem of suffering, mm -hmm. which is an issue that confronts all of us. Um, and so you're welcome to hit uh, any of those episodes um, where we say, if God is good, why do, does he allow bad things happen? Sure. Or if God is so loving, why does he allow people to suffer? Because mm -hmm. that is, that's a whole 30 minutes in and of itself answering that question. So we, we invite you to check out one of those episodes. But I think what we're going to show today is that there are clear patterns of behavior where God has demonstrated deep love and care for his creation, mm -hmm. including you mm -hmm. who are listening today. And I, and I hope that by the end of this, you will see that there is a clear demonstration of his provision and care for your life. And Jesus says these words, which by no means prove anything, but they also set us in the right pathway. Hmm. In Matthew 10, uh, verses 29 and 30, it says, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So Jesus in that verse is saying, fear not, mm -hmm. don't be scared, 
don't be afraid. And I think we'll see why he says that as we unpack the truth uh, in this podcast. Uh, but then he also says a striking thing. You are of more value than many sparrows. And what is it that was given to us at God's creation, Phil, that causes him to say we, are, we have value and dignity and worth? What did he create us with at the beginning? Yeah, we know from the book of Genesis when it was written right in the first chapter that uh, it says that he created man and woman in his image. Mm -hmm. And that is something that was not said about any other part of creation. So mm -hmm. God looks at us um, and sees part of himself when he looks at us, mm -hmm. um, which is kind of cool. I remember that when my daughter was first born, uh, right there in the hospital, I held her in my hands. And for the first time, it's like I've never seen this child before, but gosh, you look like me. Like I could yeah. see my face in her face. Um, and at the time I thought, gosh, you better grow up to have a great personality. Cause if you look like this, I feel sorry for you already. <laughs> um, fortunately she grew up and she's looking like her mother, which is much better than this. Um, but I think God looks at us and he sees a part of him in us and, yeah. and that draws him to us in a way that it doesn't draw him to the rest of the creation. All right. So the, it says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm that we're made in His image and after His likeness mm -hmm. to reflect Him. Yes. So there's a, there's a reflection of the divine yes. in every single human being. And it's saying in this verse that we had previously read that He cares for us uh, in a different way than He cares for the rest of creation. Um, so that is a significant point. Um, and you bring up a great point because I think that for those of us out there who have children that are, are, are biological children, Probably even if they reject us or annoy us or are mean-spirited towards us, there will always be a, a deep love that, mm -hmm. that will never go away, like mm -hmm. if you're a parent, right? Like if you're a parent, you have love for your children even if they uh, just continue to do uh, rebellious things. Like yeah. you, It just doesn't go away. No. You can become upset, but I think you get upset because, because you love, love. Yeah. because you care, and you, you wish that they would respond differently. Um, and so, all right, so that's kind of the, the first point, but I think we should unpack it a little bit more, you know? So in what ways do we tangibly see that care? Mm -hmm. In what ways mm -hmm. do we tangibly see that love? And I think we have, uh, let's see, we have five really good ways we see this. And I think the first one that I'll just start with and I think it's kind of showing a pattern. Yeah. None of these are probably going to be infallible. If you want to, you know, if you want to play devil's advocate, you probably can. But what we're hoping you'll see is patterns of behavior. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, how we have trust. That's how we uh, have a relationship. And the first is this. God knows we need rest and nurture, and he provides us with a creation, with his creation, that gives us that rest and nurture that our body and our mind needs every day. And I think we take that for granted. So Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. So just to get the ball rolling on this one, Phil, it's like, all right, so if I uh, just look outside, God's given me the ability to see creation. Mm -hmm. He's given me the ability to see the sky mm -hmm. and the clouds mm -hmm. and the mountains and trees and a lake or whatever it is in creation. And it's interesting that science will just tell us right then and there that there is some 
anxiety relieving rest mm -hmm. for our bodies, our minds, and our souls with just going for a walk. Yeah. But I think we don't necessarily connect the dots that God gave you that. God gave you the ability to go for a walk, mm -hmm. to go for a hike, to go for a bike ride, to go for a jog, um, to do all of those things outside. Uh, uh, Phil, you snowboard, is that correct? Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, I try to. Okay, so I do too. Not nearly enough, though. <laughs> I think I'm making it about once a year now. Ooh, um, that's enough. about all time and money can afford right now. But what I would say is um, when you go there, I think we may take that for granted. In, in other words, we could think of it just as, well, that's there. It's for me. I do it for fun because I like it. Yet, who, who gave that mountain to you? Mm -hmm. Who provided the snow for it? Who, who foreordained that people will likely ski on this thing? <laughs> you yeah. know, who foreordained that there'd be a place for you to go to in the mountains that reveals his glory and majesty in creation and also would provide rest for your body and your mind and your soul? Yeah, yeah. do you have any thoughts to piggyback on that, Phil? Yeah, I mean, I can give an example when I... I mean, we live in beautiful Denver, so it's, it, we do have the advantage. We do have an advantage if, like, if you've come from Missouri, right? Yeah, mountains and snow <laughs> and that kind of thing. But I do remember at, uh, when I first moved here a few years ago, I was, I was going through a difficult time in life. There was lots happening, and I could easily go, God, why don't you care for me? Because life is bumpy right now. Um, but one of the things I chose to do was, is skip up into the mountains often. Um, and part of that was getting up in the morning, be the crack of dawn at a trailhead. And I'd go, I've probably got eight or nine hours ahead of me of hiking and walking. And, um, and I'd start off with, all right, God, you got me for eight hours. What do you want to say? And we would just walk and talk and my mind would go around different places. But um, I would feel in that eight or nine hours, I would, I'd get to see the beauty of what he's created for me. I'd get to work up a bit of a sweat. I know that physiologically my body is getting healthier. Um, dopamine is kicking in. All these different systems that God had set up to care for me, mm -hmm. um, I could see them in action. And yeah. part of that was just a bit of oh. self-care, just going, okay, yeah. let's get out there. Life is bumpy. Let's take something on. Yeah. It all, it all came together spiritually, physiologically, socially, even being able to take some friends as well and have a conversation as we went. Yeah. So a, a lot of those things, they're available to us. They are. Right? They're available to us every day. Mm -hmm. I think it's a reminder. God made those available. To yeah. Us. God's made all of that. You, you mentioned dopamine and you yeah. know, how that you know, works and stuff. So it's like it's all made by God for a purpose. And it's there. And so um, I'm sure that uh, if you're listening today, you can think of so many ways that God could provide you uh, with rest if it's a leisure or a vacation or just going for a walk at the park across the street uh, somewhere mm -hmm. near to you. Uh, but then in addition, when we talk about God's nurture, I think these are some things we take for granted, too, is like we eat really good food every day. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right? But I guess when I say good, I mean it's, it's available for you to nurture you. So your body needs protein, carbohydretes, uh, vegetables, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, God has made all of that available. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, vegetables don't always hit the spot, but they are so good for you, right? They're, they're important. They get there. Yeah. So like God, God had that as a part of his design and plan to care for us. And so when I think about God's creation, the ability to go for a walk, 
when I think about God's uh, nutrition, <laughs> the ability to have the appropriate nutrition every day, uh, it's all working together to point me to a creator that's providing for my needs and yeah. caring for me. Yeah, because God hasn't given us any needs which he hasn't already provided the ability through nature or through him to, to be met. That's right. There will be no unmet need through him. That's a strong, that's a strong point, and it points me to a creator. It points me to some tangible ways that I, in my everyday life yeah. that I can see it or taste it or touch it. The, the, it's all there. Yeah, and the uh, fact that he made it taste so good. Yeah, like he didn't. Well, maybe mm. not some vegetables, but in in general, <laughs> like we, we're getting what we need. But he, his care is through. This is a great experience as well. Absolutely, you're making me hungry now because yeah. I think the other night my wife and I we celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. Congratulations! And we nice. had um, I had a tomahawk ribeye oh. steak. So my, if I'm making you hungry, it's my dream. If I'm making you hungry. Well, there you go. God loves you, and they're, they're all over Denver. So go get I have one. memories of the one time I had one. <laughs> I've never had a tomahawk, so I'm like, all right, I need to know what this is. Um, so anyway, point number two, God takes care of our material needs, too. Jesus says these words, and let's unpack it and, and say what it does mean and what it doesn't mean. But he, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, we're going to just quote the scriptures. If you don't believe in the scriptures, well, we're going to show how he's demonstrated this to be true. It says, But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? The context there is, will God take care of me? with food and clothing and the daily necessities mm -hmm, of life. Mm -hmm. So he's not talking about abundance. He's talking about daily necessities. And then the, the, hit, the hitting verse is Matthew 6 verse, uh, I believe it's 33. I know it's verse 33. It says, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be provided for you. Mm -hmm. So it's not a promise for every single human being but it's an invitation for every human being to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. So that means seek Jesus by faith, seek to live uh, in the fashion like Jesus, mm -hmm. that's his mm -hmm. righteousness, by faith. So essentially seek God and the daily necessities of life he will take care of. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason I believe this to be true because I've seen people in poverty, I've seen people with great hardship. I've seen people that don't have a lot. They don't have a lot of abundance. Mm -hmm. they're, they're living paycheck to paycheck. I have seen those people when they seek God and they say, all right, I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna test God out here. I'm gonna do the Jesus thing. I'm gonna confess Jesus as my Lord. I'm gonna attend worship regularly. I'm gonna pray to him daily. I'm gonna orient my life and my priorities around him. And I'm going to give this a try. I've never seen a follower of Christ lack the daily necessities of life. Mm -hmm. I have seen others who have not experienced that, but I've also seen them not put God first in their lives. Gotcha. I've totally seen that not happen with their thinking, their priorities, the way they orient their lives, and then all of a sudden they're in a ton of debt, and then they're mad at God where something's going wrong and they're mad at God for it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, well, I want you to really know, 
seek the kingdom and his righteousness and he will provide. You got to start with the first part of that verse. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to, to highlight this point and um, I've, I've never seen it fail. Um, I believe his promises are true from experience. Um, and so that's my second point. But Phil, I wanted to ask you about this third direction that I think we, we'd like to mm -hmm. go today is what has God done specifically through Jesus to demonstrate that he really cares for us? Yeah, well, I think when we think about our greatest need that God needs to fill, it's our separation from him in the mm -hmm. end. Uh, and we know from the Bible that Jesus came at Christmas time um, and he lived his life and then he died as a sacrifice for our sin. And, and the result of that sacrifice is that we can, we can go home. Back to God, back to His side, um, which is our greatest need. So when, when I really think about how do I know that God cares for me, I know that because He met my greatest need was that in that that I was dying in my own sin and suffering. Mm. And He made a way for me to be um, restored, redeemed, mm. brought back to Him, saved, if you like. Um, mm. And that was through the death and resurrection of Christ. Beautiful. And Phil, did you have a nice Advent? Bible verse to encourage our listeners with. Yeah, I was thinking about First John um, when uh, John wrote, This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into mm. the world that we might live through Him. Mm. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Okay, beautiful. And I really think this is the ace of the podcast. Mm -hmm. I think you just played the, our ace today. <laughs> there it is. And I guess what I would say is the worst kind of suffering would be eternal separation mm -hmm. from God. Mm -hmm. And eternal separation from God is what we deserve if we choose to reject Him. So if we choose to reject Him, He doesn't force us to have a relationship with Him. So... He is sending his one and only son, and he's saying, this is how much I love you. Mm -hmm. This is how much I care for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die for your sin to restore this relationship because I don't want heaven without you in it. I don't want you to be separated from God because I love you that much. Yeah. So it's like, wow, when you think about like, if there, were, you know, if there was ever a situation in life where someone needed to die for you so that you would live. Well, I mean, I think no one would say, that person doesn't care for me. Yeah. They must care for me a lot because they're willing to sacrifice their life so that I'd be free and live. For, and, and live. Yeah. So great, great point that you're making. Well, if you think um, about it, if I can, I mean, you're a dad and I'm a dad, and the idea of giving up our own children for somebody else, wow. You know, that, that person, if I was to give up my son or my daughter for somebody else, mm -hmm. um, I would want them to know that this is a, an act of great care. Right. Just immense care and love and affection for that person if I was willing to give up my son and daughter because that would be a tough call. Absolutely. <laughs> That's just, or even just to allow your son or daughter to suffer the yeah. worst kind of death. Yeah on the cross by Roman crucifixion, which we know historically is brutal yeah. and horrific and suffocating. Um, and that not only that, but he was scourged prior to being yeah. 
uh, crucified, which is uh, a whip with like nails mm -hmm. at the end, tail end of it that just sink into your flesh. And how awful. Uh, but he did that so that Jesus would make atonement mm -hmm. to repair the relationship, mm -hmm. to forgive us, to love us, to restore us. No matter what you've done or what you will do, um, while the wages of sin is death, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, God demonstrates his love for us and that even while we were sinners, mm -hmm. God died for us. So what does that mean? What it means is when you fail in life, which we will, it means he still loves me because he didn't die based on my goodness, but mm -hmm. he, based, he died based on his love. Mm -hmm. um, none of us deserve it. It's a gift. That means that if it's a gift, that means it's for us eternally. Mm -hmm. because we never earned it in the first place to merit it eternally. He gifted to it to us not to just take it away. It's sufficient. It's for you. He loves you. Mm -hmm. um, so, Phil, when you think about hardship in life, how does the death of Christ demonstrate care for the believer? Or just the hardships that we go through or whatever, the ups and downs? Yeah, you touched on it before when I think our daily ups and downs, a flat tire, slow Wi-Fi, you know, Starbucks got my order wrong, that kind of thing, <laughs> pales in significance to um, what I could be missing out on, which is eternity at home with the Father. Yeah. Uh, so his, that, that death brings that back. It just puts it all into perspective. I'm like, this is not a big deal, Yeah. Um, the daily hardships. Mm. It's hard to live our lives from the perspective of eternity in the kingdom mm -hmm. of heaven. Uh, we believe that Jesus will come again. The Old Testament said he'll come the first time. It was right. Mm -hmm. He came. Mm -hmm. Everybody agrees. Um, the New Testament says he's going to come a second time. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking it's going to happen someday. When it does, that's called the kingdom of heaven mm -hmm. fully achieved or fully consummated. Um, in that place, a lot of the things we thought were really hardships and important will disappear. Where they're going to disappear and go away. So what the New Testament is inviting us to is to live our lives in the light of that uh, resurrection hope that we have uh, so that we can live with the care and the love of God today. Mm -hmm. However, you're going to tune in to the next episode to uh, hear us go to the, the resurrection of Jesus, and we want to unpack that for you. Uh, in the meantime, if you have a question, you could submit that to hello at sjdenver.org, um, and we will see you next time.